posting on the web soon as I get the next lesson in uh, podcast and everything else. So with that in mind, uh, the, the lesson comes out of Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is the lectionary reading. This is the Magi coming to three wise men, three kings, however you want to say it. Uh, they come to Jesus. So with that in mind, let's read the scripture and we'll move on. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Ju- uh, Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and he have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where where the, the Christ that was born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he secretly called the wise men and determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had been seen in the east went before them till they came and stood over where the child was. When they saw him, the star, when they saw him, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and mirth. Then they, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Who are these people? These three wives, we're going to look at this story just a little bit different today. We all know the story, we've all heard the story. Wives become, they bring the gifts, and what the gifts probably represent, and all this other stuff. Uh, who were they? Anybody? And where did they come from? Those are two interesting questions when you look at the story. Who were the who were these three wise men? More than likely, there was a caravan of people. It was probably more than them. They probably traveled the caravan. They were probably not kings. Uh, they were probably uh, wise men. Uh, uh, Oh, they're actually they study astrology, and they they were learned men. But the area they come from is probably Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, and that area of the world. So that's where they come from. They're Gentiles, and these days they're Gentiles. So think about the gospel message real quick. Who did Jesus come for? The Jews. The Jews. Who was the first to come and worship Jesus when he was born? The shepherds. He come, the shepherds come, and they're in the field, the angels come, and they go and see the baby. This, we're, Most people will say this is about two years later. It took about two years to get there. I don't know if we buy into that that well or not, but whatever the case is, it's a, it's a different time than the night that he was born. And so we go along. So the Jesus come first for the Jews, then the Gentiles. 
the Jews come first, then the Gentiles come. And so we look at this. They're, they were to go along, and these were wise men or people of learning. How did they, why would they come for the Jewish king? How would they even know about this Jewish guy, the Messiah, coming? We are, I mean, this is part of the story that really you gotta, you know, you gotta not have enough sleep and get up at two o'clock in the morning and read it and go, huh? Who are these people? Where are they coming from? This is what happens at two o'clock in the morning in my house, between two and four. Weird things come in my head. So who are these people? Where did they come from? And uh, how did they know? A star. They must have been a star. There's a star out there every night. A different star. But they're not Jewish people. This is this is Babylon. These people come from lower Babylon. Exile. Think Daniel. Think Ezekiel. Think Jeremiah. Think Ezra. Hosea. All these prophets that were prophesying in Babylon, different parts of Babylon, they took their religion and their relationship with Yahweh with them. They didn't stop just because they were in exile, just because they were out of their mother country, they didn't stop worshiping God. They would have took whatever scrolls and stuff they, they could with them. They would, they would have continued to go along. We see Daniel, we see all those prophets, they continue to worship God even in captivity. They continue to worship God in captivity. And they and here's the neat part about it. They probably had their scrolls. They go along. These are people that like to read and to learn. Uh, these are the people when the, the king, when they remember the king uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. First he calls all the, the people up there, the, the mag magicians and stuff, magi is what they call. And they could Daniel comes. So these people go along, more than likely they would have had, you know, our people were with the Jews or with those people. They might have left their scrolls behind. But here's the point to make here, that in exile, out of their home country, they made such an impact on the people that when they left, the people were still looking. Think about that for a minute. And we see this here. When, I, when you really study the Old Testament, there is no real scripture that says a star shall appear. But what we know, and the Jews still do it today, Christmas Day is not the day Jesus was born. We can discuss that later. We believe it was in the spring. They search for a star. Their custom is, is to search for the star. To them, that wasn't the right star. Today, the Jews believe that wasn't the right star. So when they left, these magi, or these, these wise men, continued the practice of looking for the Messiah. They continued it because the people left such an impression upon them and their hope was upon them. Think back to Daniel again. What did Daniel, Daniel's in the lion's den, you know, or the, I guess with Daniel, the other three were in the lion's den. Think of all the things that these leaders had seen that Yahweh had done for them, that the people, the living God of the Jews had done for them. And so when they returned from exile, not all of them returned, some of them just continued to live in the land. But when they returned, when they kind of went back to more normal, the impression that they made on the people that they, was, they were in captivity with lingered. When was the last time you were with somebody, especially for a little bit of time, and when you left, that person says, man, whatever he or she has, 
The hope that they have is the hope that I need. That book that they were reading every day, that thing that they were doing every day, that prayers they were praying every day, you know what I need in my life? I need what they had. How many times do we know that when we go and see somebody that we leave such a big impression on them that it changes their life? Think about that for a minute. Whose life have you changed because of your relationship with Jesus? Whose life have we changed? Whose life has the church changed uh, because of the relationship? Hopefully all of us there. On that, there those are there. But so they, these people learn about the Messiah because of the Jews that were in captivity there and the impression that they made on them. Uh, the second thing, they come, this is probably our first three converts, whether they realize it or not. When they heard this, when they heard they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east before them, till they came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped Jesus. Gentiles coming to worship. You're in the house of God. Did you come to worship? How many people today could care less about searching for God in the, in, in the thing? They're at home. Those are the people that are home. Those are the people that did something yesterday. They're too tired to come today. Or, or something else is more important in life. If they're sick, praise the Lord that they stayed home. Uh, and sometimes people travel. I, you know, I talked to Mary Lee today. She talked about her next cruise. Praise the Lord that you're going on that cruise. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one that says that. But how many people are not on a journey to find Christ? Or not on a journey to grow closer to Christ? And this is kind of my theme for the beginning of the year. What do we want to be next year? How closer do I want to get to Christ this year? What do I need to change in my life so I can be more like Christ at the end of the year? And if that's not our goal, that is not our purpose. If our purpose is just to come to church occasionally, throw a couple dollars in the bank or in the, in the till, we're doing it wrong, people. We're doing it wrong. Then you've got to ask yourself, the people in the community, the people in the community, but you know, this goes all around us, in our community, our friends and our people, that don't go to church. Have we invited them? Have they seen something special in us? Have they seen something special in us that, man, I want to go where you go. I want to see what you see. And have we been able to enter in a conversation to invite them? Hey, you know what? You know, what do you got going on there? What do you do on Sunday? Well, I'll go to church. Would you like to come with? Tomorrow, next, well, now we kind of mess it up a little bit with the time gap. Uh, but, uh, uh, it kind of worked out well with breakfast and it was on our day because we rolled right into church. But whatever the case is, next the breakfast is the perfect time to invite them to church. Breakfast, anytime there's a meal, it's a perfect time to invite somebody to the church. But what do the, what do the three wise men do when they get there? They worshiped and... Anybody? Gifts. Gifts. They brought a gift to God. What gift did you bring today? You did. I asked, what gift did you bring? 
What gift did you bring? We all gave a little money in the, in the hat. That's great. Did you ever thought about it? What is the greatest gift God wants from me? Yourself. Man, junior preacher over here, right there. The associate right next to me. He has the answers. What gift does God want from me? In Malachi, I love the book of Malachi. You've got to read the book of Malachi to really understand it. Malachi is one of the high priests. He's arguing with God. This is about 400 years before Christ is on the scene. It's the last book we have of any prophecy in the Bible for 400 years. And Malachi is going away. And really, I'm going to paraphrase the story for you. God sits there and says, take your sacrifices and take all those, you know, Malachi's like, we're going along because the Jews got tired of being in exile. They were in exile, they were out of exile. They were in exile, they were, they were just wanting peace in their land. They just wanted to have their, their religion and their things going on in their land, to have their land with peace in it. No different than the rest of us. And so they figured because they, they kept disobeying God, they kept disobeying God, that that's the reason, only, which was true, all the reason only bad stuff happened to them. And so they were trying to dot every I, cross every T, and be the perfect little church people. They were, they were coming to the synagogue, they were putting money in the hat, they were bringing the sacrifices, they were doing all that thing. And to paraphrase this story for you, God sits there and says, tells them to do what with your sacrifice? Harold knows the story, do you not? What did God tell them to do with your sacrifice? Take it home with you. Don't even bring it. I am tired of you. I am tired of your sacrifice. What? Man, you know, I worked hard for the money I put in that offering plate. I've done this, I've done that. Because your heart is not in it. The number one thing God wants from us is to be sold out to him. To love God with what? Love God with your heart, soul, and mind. That, if you, you need to, that's the question we all need to examine. Do I really love God? Is God the true king of my life? The rest of the stuff in our life, jobs, motorcycles, uh, houses, fishing, hunting, whatever it is, is superficial stuff. It's just kind of neat stuff to have while we're here on earth. It gives us time something to do. But what God really wants from you and me is to be sold out to him. That is the greatest treasure that we can ever have. The greatest treasure we can ever have. Or that God can ever have. And it's the greatest treasure we can ever have. Because once we say yes to God, man, I, I, I'm doing this talk. I can tell you this training thing. I had to give this talk. But I called it the grand adventure of life. And I shared a little bit of my testimony. I won't go into the whole thing here. I don't have enough time for that. But once I finally said yes to God, I'll be in the ministry. And there's been a lot of bumps in the road, trust me. But boy, it's been the last 15 years, it's been a grand adventure. I have to meet some of the neatest people, some of the greatest people in the world. That's one of the reasons I like motorcycles so much. Is I get to meet, and I don't know that we go someplace different than people on motorcycles. They're different, they're different people, are they not? And uh, you get to meet some of the greatest people out there. And they might all be saved, but it gives you the opportunity to, to witness to them. But many people, so the God wants us. Number one thing, and that's where we've got to stop it today. God wants us. He wants us to be sold out to him. To love us with all our hearts, soul, and mind. See, we can't love our neighbor 
We can't love our neighbor until we first got this love for God. And we need to ask ourselves. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say, everybody here, I know each and every one of you, yeah, I believe in Jesus, and I love Jesus, and I know Jesus is saving from my sin. But are you 100% sold out? As, uh, as I talked about in breakfast this morning, I talked about this. This is a good thing. I'm not giving a hard time. This is a good thing. Am I doing enough for the right reasons for the kingdom? Many people, I heard this, I went for college kids this weekend. I heard this over and over again. Preacher, you don't know. This is 20-year-old kids, by the way. 20 to 20, 18 to 23-year-old kids. Preacher, you don't know what I have done. And I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know you that. Preacher, you don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know where each and every one of you are. But let me tell you the one thing I do know. If you don't have a solid relationship with Jesus, it is not Jesus' fault. Because wherever you are in life, whatever sin you have committed, whatever you've done, Jesus had said, I have broken my body for you. Jesus also raised up the cup, blessed the Father. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out to you for the forgiveness of sins. The excuse is, I don't know, you preacher, you just don't know what I have done is no longer valid because Jesus paid the price for that sin. And what he asked in return is you be sold out to him. So if you look at this at the beginning of the year, ask yourself, is God my number one priority? Living for God. But how much closer do I want to get to Christ next year at this time, the first Sunday next year? What testimony can you give how God has worked in your life because you've gotten closer to him? The excuse is, well, you just don't understand where I'm at was paid for on the cross. There is no excuse. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to bless the bread. We ask you to bless the juice. And Lord, we ask you to bless it for us, Lord. To remind us that you did this for fellowship, Lord. You did it to heal us, Lord. You did it. You've done all that you did to have a right relationship with us. And Lord, as we take it, let us have received the blessing of that relationship that you want with us today. And Lord, we ask you this in the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do I got any gluten-free people here today? I don't think I do. Me, but that's, I, that's we'll do you last then. We'll come to you then and do you. You're all right. We'll do it. And Harold will come on up. We'll do it a little different then. Maestro, one of y'all, start the music. Hey, we're going to have music. Here, body of Christ. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus.
We'll all just have gluten free today since it's a small crowd. If you prepare your hearts for it, we're going to serve Mr. Autry and Ms. Odell, and then we'll come back and serve everyone else. As you're ready, come forward. Save that, friend. We're not good with that, friend. <laughs> 